Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Live House. It's so good to see all of y'all's faces. Yeah. Well, like Ryan said, my name is Brittany McDonald. Yeah, I'm Gabe. We just don't want you to get confused which one is Gabe <laughs> and Brittany. This is Brittany. I'm Brittany. I'm Gabe. And we're just so excited to be able to share with you before you launch into 2020. Yep. Before it's so crazy that it's decade. going to be 2020. 90s was last year, but it's 2020 <laughs> already. That's how that yeah. works. So yeah, like Ryan said, we've been here for about a year and a half. We actually thought we were going to be in San Antonio for two weeks. <laughs> and it's been a long time since then. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're just so thankful to be at this church. We feel so loved and welcomed here. And we're just really excited to share with everybody what God has put on our hearts over this last month. Yeah. So before we launch into what we're speaking today, I just want to open us up in prayer mm -hmm. so that we can just step up decide and that Jesus can speak. So would you just pray with us? God, we're just so thankful that you built the church and you build community, God, and that you allow people to grow in whatever season that they're in, God. So would you just have Gabe and I step aside so that you can speak tonight, today. It's not tonight. Um, we're just so thankful for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to share a little bit about us. Um, Ryan kind of stole the show, but we're going to share a little bit more. <laughs> I actually grew up on Oahu, Hawaii. This yeah. is actually my first time living outside of Hawaii. I actually never been outside of the United States. Mm -hmm. and, and I grew up all over the world. My dad is Air Force, so I was an Air Force brat. Uh, I lost the Air Force part. I kept the brat. I'm going to keep that forever. <laughs> But uh, I lived pretty much all over the place, and then I decided to stay behind in Hawaii as my family moved away from there to go to college mm -hmm. and hopefully get married, and that turned out pretty good. Yeah, so Gabe and I were kind of just met mm -hmm. because we were just around each other all the time. Yeah. We went to church together, uh -huh. we went to school together, yeah. and we even worked together. So if so there's a person that you do all that with, just marry them. It's easier. <laughs> it helps a lot. So we ended up getting married, and Gabe was already serving at a church, and we got asked to be on the pastoral staff, mm -hmm. and we were there for about three years. And three years in, uh, God placed it on our heart that he wanted us to plant a church in Chicago. We've never been to Chicago. Nope. Uh, we still haven't been to Chicago after that calling. It's prob we probably should go to Chicago once. But one thing led to another. God closed the doors in Hawaii, and he kind of opened up a window. Yeah, just a window here. So God called us to Chicago, so naturally that landed us in San Antonio. Yep. <laughs> that does, I don't know why yeah. we got here in San Antonio, but we're just so thankful that we landed here. Mm -hmm. Because if we had launched straight into Chicago, we'd be dead. <laughs> it wouldn't be okay. And so after meeting with Paul and meeting with Ryan, we got the Holy Spirit put on our hearts to stay here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even though we're just, we feel so connected and so loved by this church, it's hard to admit, but we've been in a wilderness season yeah. ever since we left Hawaii. It's been uncomfortable. We know that we're called mm -hmm. to plant a church, but we're in San Antonio. Yeah. And so... Um, even though we're here, we feel led to share our story and what we've learned in this wilderness season so far. Yeah, and when we say wilderness season, that may bring up some images in some of your minds. But it's really kind of one of those Christianese words where it's the language that you speak when you're around the church long enough. You get the lingo and the slang. So we want to really define it today because we're going to say the word wilderness a lot. So we're going to tell you guys what we're talking about when we say that. And the definition for that is... 
we came up with, if this isn't in the dictionary. But the definition is a season of life that is characterized by a struggle, whether it's emotional, spiritual, or even physical. That's kind of a general definition that people usually mean when they're talking about the wilderness season. And there's different kinds of seasons that people define as wilderness. Like a middle school boy might get rejected by a girl and say, this is my time in the wilderness. I have to struggle through this. Or a single mom of four might get laid off of her job and have to wonder where her next paycheck or meal is coming from. And that's a season of wilderness too. And they're very different seasons. The middle school boy might argue that and say that his is much more difficult, but that's maybe not true. But there's all kinds of different wilderness seasons that we go through. Some of them start because of a crisis that happens. Maybe there's a physical sickness that enters you and it's a crisis that sends you spiraling or something emotional or spiritual even that happens that sends you into this place where you're struggling and you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And a lot of the times we don't even realize we're in the wilderness until we're right in the middle of it. I don't know about you, but that's kind of where we found ourselves when we got here in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And when we figure out that we're in the wilderness, we are already lost in wandering. So not only do we want to share what the wilderness is, but we want to help you navigate through that kind of season. Yeah. So when another thing that people reference when they talk about the wilderness is Jesus's time in the wilderness. If you've been around church, you've probably heard the story of Jesus going out into the wilderness, fasting food and water, being tempted to all kinds of things and overcoming in the end. That's not what we're going to talk about today. I just wanted to let you guys know. We're actually going to talk about a different place in the Bible. We're going to go Old Testament today and talk about King David. So you've probably also heard that name before. It's uh, the same David that killed Goliath with a sling and some stones. It's the same David that wrote a whole bunch of psalms praising the glory of God. It's the David that became king over Israel from just being a little shepherd boy. But he had to go through a wilderness time as well. Before all of those things happened, he had these great heroic moments, but he also had time in the wilderness where he had to struggle. And we find that in 1 Samuel 16. I'm not going to, I'm just going to paraphrase. We're not going to read the whole thing. It's actually 1 Samuel 19. I forgot, but that's okay. David's launch into the wilderness began in crisis. He had been called into King Saul's courts, the current king of Israel, to be his basically on retainer musician. He was there to entertain King Saul. And this is after he had already been anointed to be the next king. And King Saul knew this and he grew jealous. So he physically tried to murder David in his own courts. And this sent David fleeing into not just a spiritual wilderness, but into the literal wilderness of Israel. He had to leave with some of his men for his own safety of his own life. Yeah. If you've ever been in a wilderness season, how many of you guys felt like you've been in a wilderness season before? Wow. 90%. Yeah. But... If you've ever been in it, you know how it easy it is to kind of lo- lose yourself, yep. to forget everything that you once remembered and feel really lost, and you kind of lose sight of what's truly important. When Gabe and I first came here to San Antonio, we lived with Gabe's parents, and we're so thankful for that. They're right over there. We love you guys. And we ended up just going through the day-to-day. Like, we just woke up. They can attest to that. We ate. Mm-hmm. 
went to sleep. <laughs> That's all we yeah. did. And it was a constant cycle, and we kind of lost what God called us to do. And so not only are we going to talk about the wilderness, but we want to redefine what the wilderness is. And so we're going to go through three points of how to walk through your wilderness. And the first point is to remember God's purpose over your life. Mm -hmm. This is something that when Gabe and I first moved here, we knew this, but it wasn't in practice. We knew that we were called to Chicago, but I mean... We were just eating and sleeping, and we weren't working on anything that would lead us to Chicago. Working on clearing out that pantry. (laughs) That's about it. And this is the truth. It's truth that God has a plan and a purpose over your life. I don't know if you know this, but God is an intentional God. He has an intention over your life and a plan for what he wants you to do. Mm -hmm. For those of you that don't know your intention yet, I have two things that helped me find where God was calling us. And the first thing to do is to learn more about God, to realize that he's an intentional God and believe that this is, that he has intention over your life. The second thing I found to do is actually seek it out. Not only know that God has intention, but ask him and seek what he wants you and what he's calling you to do. And for those of you that are, you know, parts of what God is calling you to do, but you're not there yet, we know how easy it is to get lost in this season. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, yeah, the we, wilderness is just kind of, yeah. it seems like nothing. And so it's so easy to get lost, but it's important to remind yourself that God has a purpose and a plan over your life, that our God is an intentional God and that he has something for you. And also to know that the wilderness doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. He's going to have you fulfill that Yeah. because God is good. Yeah, it's hard to see when you're in the middle of it, but there is an end to the wilderness season. Um, And David, in his wilderness season, he had to remember his purpose as well. And we find his purpose, like I said a little bit earlier, when he was anointed by the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel 16. Um, To understand the whole context of that, King Saul, the current king of Israel, had lost God's favor. He had done things his own way, He had skipped over God's plans for himself to try to fulfill his own goals. And so the Lord said, you can't be king over Israel anymore. So he sent the prophet Samuel to find the next king. And Samuel went to uh, David's family home. He went through all of David's older brothers, and the Lord rejected every one of them, said none of them are going to fit the bill until the very end when they said there's nobody else here, but there's one more person He's out in the fields right now. And this is what the verses say. So he, Samuel, sent for him, David, and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So when someone was anointed in the Old Testament, they had oil poured on their head. It probably wasn't great for their acne, but that's all right, because they were being set aside for a purpose. That's what the symbolism was in the Old Testament was when you're anointed with oil, you have a new purpose that you're set aside for. That's why we still do it to this day in our church. We anoint each other with oil to remind us that God has a purpose for us, that we are set aside for something special. 
And I have to imagine that in David's time in the wilderness, this vivid memory had to come up in his mind. This memory of being surrounded by his brothers and his father, hearing this man of God tell him, you're going to be the next king. That this gave David hope and just joy knowing that he really had a purpose. Even as he's running around in the wilderness, scared for his very life, he knows that God told him, I have a purpose for you. Yeah, and God slowly revealed to David what he wanted to do over his life. He called him to be a king, but what he was going to do with that kingship, he constantly sought after God. And so, so for some of us, we know parts of the thing, uh, parts of what God is calling us to do, but it's not yet fully revealed. When Gabe and I first got called to Chicago, we knew that we were called to plant a church, but we yeah. had no idea what that church is going to look like. The more we're here, we learn, what are we going to do for the community of Chicago? We don't know yet. That's still a question mark. And I think that's why we're still here, because we're trying to figure that out. Yeah. And so if you learn anything about me, I love to know who God is, because it just reveals a lot of truth. Yeah. And God, what I found out is God is a revealer of mysteries, that mm -hmm. he doesn't leave us in the dark, but he reveals his plan, and he reveals the steps in front of us so that we can walk in his will. And so if you're sitting here having no idea what God's will is over your life, seek it because he's the one that's going to reveal it. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not you're fully aware of what your purpose is, um, we also, you also have to do something else in the wilderness. And this is our second point. It's to surround yourself with people that believe in and encourage your purpose. And we want to we wanna make it clear, it's not like step one, two, three, right? You don't have to remember your purpose before you're allowed to have friends. That's not, that's not what we're saying, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not a step from going from that to the next thing. Yeah, it's about walking with the people in the season that you're in. If you're in the mm -hmm. season of having no idea what God has for you, God wants you to be with those people. Yeah. If you have a season where you are doing God's work, guess what? God also wants you to be mm -hmm. with those people. And if you're enjoying the fruit of your labor, guess what? There's going to be people around you that's going to be praising God with you. Yeah. yeah. David also had people with him. And we're going to jump back into David's context for every one of these points. But David actually took people with him. He had loyal followers. He was a mighty warrior of Israel. He was pretty popular. And he had people that really believed in him and encouraged his purpose. But no one encouraged him more than his best friend, Jonathan. You've probably also heard that name when we talk about David. Jonathan was basically like a brother that wasn't a blood brother to David. They were best friends. They did everything together. And Jonathan also even helped him escape into the wilderness. He warned David about Saul's going to come find you and kill you. He warned David, come out this way. And he also went out to David while he was in his wilderness to strengthen him in God. We find that in 1 Samuel 23, verses 16 through 17. And that says, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. This really strikes me as interesting because Jonathan was basically sacrificing the way that the Lord does. And it doesn't really look like it when you just read through it. But if you think about who Jonathan was, he was the son of the king, which means he 
could have been king. And he gave up his right to kingship, and he took his own life into his hands, going out to meet his father's enemy, to strengthen him in God. And I think about this, and I think about the times that I've seen people struggling, and I've kind of justified it to where, like, you know, they're struggling, but the Lord's got them. They'll make it through. And Jonathan could have done that with David. He could have said, this isn't my time in the wilderness. This is David's time in the wilderness. God's got him. He'll be fine. He'll make it through. But instead, he took a risk to go out and be there for David. He took the time to go and strengthen him in God. And that's not just something that people do. It's because Jonathan had the love of the Lord in his heart. He couldn't have been there for David if he wasn't there with God. And just like Jonathan, the more we learn about who God is, I think the more we learn about who we are. Because yeah. in Genesis, it says that we're created in his image. And God is a communal God, mm -hmm. meaning that he's a triune God, three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God yeah. the Holy Spirit. And guess what? That means he's everlasting and eternally in community. Yeah. And I think that's what God calls us to do. I mean, that's what we're created to be. Mm -hmm. And so... He created us to be communal people, but not only that, to build community. I think God had such a deep relationship with his son. He yeah. had such a deep relationship with his Holy Spirit, and he asked us to do the same with the people around us and to be truthful. If Gabe and I were not truthful about the season that we were in mm -hmm. when we first got here, I don't think we would have been able to be helped and encouraged into the next season that God is calling us to. Yeah. If we weren't truthful with our people in Hawaii, we would have never left. Yeah. We would be doing unintentional like work that God did not intend us to do. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you who have found your purpose and who have already found your community, you might be in the season of being a Jonathan. Yeah. You might be in the season of being an encourager for somebody. Trust me, there are a lot of Davids out there in the wilderness mm -hmm. having no idea where to go, what to do, all they know that there's an enemy trying to have them fail. Yeah. And so somebody out there needs you to be the Jonathan. They need you to be the encourager. And we're so thankful that we're in this church where there's many Jonathans that yeah. have helped us along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like we, we're so thankful for like Pastor Ryan, Pastor Paul, for being there to encourage us as we're trying to figure out our way through this season. And when you're in that season of going to be an encourager, you do have... A, pretty big responsibility that comes with that because you see people that you love in the wilderness but there's a purpose for them being there there's a purpose that God has for them to go through these things and what, what what can happen is we see someone we love struggling and we try to get them out of there as quickly as we can because we see them hurting we see them in pain and we don't want that for them we want them to be where God has called them already but that's going to bring us to our third point, and that is don't take shortcuts out of the wilderness. This seems counterintuitive because when you're hurting and you're in pain, you kind of want it to just stop as quick as you can. But in reality, that's not always the best choice. David also had an opportunity to take a shortcut out of his wilderness. There's a moment where David is hiding out in these caves in the wilderness, and Saul and his men are trying to hunt them down to get rid of them, to just erase this threat. And they're out there, and it's kind of like a road trip. And Saul then does what every 
what every dad does on a road trip, which is when he has to go to the bathroom, he pulls everyone over and gets out and finds a place to go, even if, even if it's not a rest stop. But Saul said, I'm, I'm going to say how the Bible says it, he had to relieve himself. And uh, he left his men to go find a cave. I don't know why he chose a cave, but he chose a cave. Little did he know the cave that he picked was housing the very people he was hunting. David and all of his men were in the back of the cave. And this is the conversation that those unwanted uh, restroom guests had in 1 Samuel 24, verses 4 through 7. It says this, The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went on his way. This, this I, I try to put myself in David's place because I could see myself justifying some incorrect actions. Because, I mean, what are the odds that Saul would pick this cave out of every cave out there that David and all of his men just so happened to be in? It's almost, it's almost not even a coincidence. It's almost like the Lord put him there for David to take. And that's what David's men were encouraging him to do with great intentions. They were encouraging him to take that shortcut, to violently seize the throne. You may have heard the term, the ends justify the means, but I don't think that's, that's true for David in this place where he's in the wilderness, that it's not about how he gets, or it's not about where he's going, it's about how he's getting there. If I was David, I could have justified it all the way to saying, God put Saul here so that I could take him out. This is too much of a coincidence. This is my time. I have to strike. But David, I think something clicked for David because he realized that if he were to kill Saul this way, he was doing the exact same thing that Saul did. He was jumping over the Lord's way for him to get to the throne. He was superseding how God asked him to do it. He was there not to kill Saul. He was in the wilderness so that he could learn to be different, so that he could learn to be patient, to not be angry and violent and just do whatever it takes to get to the goal. And like David, surprise, Gabe and I were presented actually with a chance to go to Chicago two months into yeah. being here in San Antonio. We randomly got an email from a Nigerian church in Chicago, mm -hmm. which Actually, now that I say that out loud, kind of sounds like a scam. But, it's but it was real, I promise. It was, it was a real pastor. <laughs> For the low price of $200. <laughs> you can be the pastor of... No, it was, it was a job offer. It was kind a of job offer. Um, and what the pastor was asking us to do was help them grow their church. Yeah. And as much as we wanted to be in Chicago, this is not why we were called there. Mm -hmm. We know that God called us there to plant a church we know that God had something different. He wanted us to kind of go in Chicago and give love. And yeah. we weren't going to do that by growing a church. We were going to yeah. do that by being in the community. That's what we yeah. learned from Paul so far. So yeah. we're learning some stuff. And it was, it was very flattering. <laughs> it was very like, flattering. We saw, Gabe, we saw your resume and we need you. We need your expertise, which I mean, 
it's not true. I don't have expertise. So it was very, it was very flattering, but it wasn't why we were <laughs> called there. No, and there, trust me, there would be so many opportunities in front of you to take. It's, I mean, when Jesus was in the desert, he got tempted so many times to take that kingship. And for us, it kind of is the same way. I think we get tempted into doing something, but it's not the way that God intended us for it to, for it to do. Yeah. So it's not always about getting where you need to go or getting where you feel you need to go. Rather, it's about why you were called, yeah. why God called you to a place. Why are you sitting here at Lifehouse in San Antonio? Why are you at the job that you're at? Mm -hmm. It's really important to think about that kind of stuff. And so if we're going to be intentional with God, we also have to be intentional with the place that he has us in. It's super important to be intentional because yeah. God is with you in any season that you're in. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in a season of wilderness, it's important to prepare because God has something next for you. I yeah. think that's something that we learn through the Bible is when someone's in the season of wilderness, there's something always next. Yeah. And so for us, now that we know that's the Chicago and we feel like we're in this season, we know it's time to prepare for what God has us, God, God wants us to do. Yeah. And doing God's preparation is just as important as doing God's work. Mm -hmm. If David launched right into being a king, mm -hmm. I don't think he would have been prepared. I mean, he was still imperfect. Yeah. But had he done the same stuff Saul did, man, it, the story would have been very different. Yeah. And so just like any other season, it's important to change your mindset from like, wow, I'm doing God's work. This is amazing. Wow, I'm enjoying the fruit of my labor. Wow, we're in the wilderness. But guess what? God is still good and God is still moving yeah. just like any other season. Yeah. And we want to, we also want you guys to, to hear us on this because we're not trying to say that if you're struggling, you're not allowed to feel pain. You have to think about these things and nothing else because it is, when you're in this season, it is a struggle. There is pain, there's frustration, there's hopelessness that can find you. So if you're in that season and you've heard us say all this stuff and kind of like, well, you don't, like, there's, I'm still hurting, we know. And you're allowed to feel that. We're not saying that you're not allowed to feel that. You are allowed to feel this frustration and this, this hopelessness of not being where you're called to. And so we're not trying to erase that. What we're trying to do is redefine how we look at this suffering and this uh, frustrating season. And so we actually came up with a redefinition for our own definition, and it's this. <laughs> The wilderness, when we redefine it, is a season of life that's characterized by preparation. It's remembering our purpose, finding our people, and practicing patience. And we want to say this, that being in the season of wilderness and preparing yourself doesn't mean you're preparing to be a perfect person. Yeah, you don't have to be perfect. To David was not perfect. He wasn't a perfect king. And we're not asking you to be perfect. I don't think God is asking you to be perfect, people. If he was asking us to be perfect, I don't think he would have set his son down no. to help us walk through what we need to walk through. And so it's important to remember not trying to be perfect before leaving the wilderness, but it's about acknowledging God and allowing him to step this, set the steps in front of you so that you can walk with him and do his will. Yeah. And so we're going to pray. And whatever season you're in, if some of you maybe sitting here feeling like you are in the season of being in the wilderness. Uh, you may be having no idea what God wants you to do. This may be your first time at church and you feel God calling your heart to come home to him. 
and to just rest your your life into his hands. And so we're going to pray. If you're in a great season, a season of fruitfulness, or a season of doing God's work, or in the wilderness, uh, I just want to pray over that, because that's what we do as a church, is we walk with each other and before, through any season. Before we pray, I do want to tell you guys the end of David's story. Uh, he did become king, but if you know his story, he was still imperfect as well. There's many times where he failed during his kingship. But in the end, he was still called a man after God's own heart, even through his failures. And I don't think that he would have gotten that title if he didn't prepare in the wilderness the right way.